0: The first ever BBC Gardener's World Autumn Fair will be set in the stunning grounds of Audley End House near Saffron Walden in Essex from Friday, the 2nd of September to Sunday, the 4th of September. And it promises the very best of autumn garden and plant inspiration. I'm delighted that joining me on the line is the head gardener from Garden Organic, Emma O'Neill, who's going to help me look forward to the show. Emma, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm good, thank you. Nice to speak to you.
0: And indeed to you. Now, Emma, this is um, a first uh, for the Gardener's World uh, live events. Um, what are you looking forward to about the show?
1: I think that it will be showcasing to people what you can grow later on in the year. So a lot of the shows are predominantly around sort of spring and summer time, and people sometimes think that once summer's over, that's it for the garden. But I think this show will show you exactly what you can do further into the season
0: Mm, We've just sort of been through a spring and autumn of people getting into gardening and and if the statistics are to be believed of course, the pandemic introduced maybe 3 million new people to gardening and they're all going to be wanting advice for the autumn now aren't they?
1: Yeah that's right, I think um, the lockdown obviously promoted a lot of people thinking that it was a good time to try and grow their own and experiment But as I say, in magazines and media, you tend to get all of the things to do in spring and then are perhaps a little unsure what to do later on.
0: Mm. It's going to be a a critical time for those new gardeners. Um, Now, first of all, tell me a little bit about Garden Organic, the, the charity Garden Organic. Tell me about it.
1: So it was founded initially by um, Henry Doubleday as a research facility and then Lawrence Hills came in and did a lot of experimentation around comfrey, Um, so that's something that still is of great significance to us today. But one of the main purposes really is to try to get as many people gardening organically as possible. And so now here we have the Garden Organic Demonstration Garden, which has been newly renovated in the last two years. And also we have the Heritage Seed Library on site here. And that is a really um, key thing at the moment to keep these varieties going and um, showing people just exactly what the heritage of these plants were. A lot of them are no longer commercially available or, you know, there could be things like, Your granddad could have saved a pea that came from his granddad, you know, things like that. So that's what we're trying to do. And we're also involved in things like peat-free campaigns. So we're really pushing that at the moment, you know, peat-free compost. And just generally trying to get more people involved.
0: Mm. Uh, uh, The the word organic is is used a lot. Um, But Mm. what, what exactly does it mean to be an organic gardener?
1: I suppose in very basic terms, people would say that organic gardening is gardening without sprays, so without pesticides and fungicides. Um, There's a lot more to it than that, really. It's often to do with uh, preparation, I think is always key with organic gardening, so to have the right soil, buying the right seeds, the right plants, you know, right plant, right place is something that we use often. And it's about working with what you've got, and also about working with nature. So a lot of organic gardening is about encouraging biodiversity, bringing in those pollinators and predators to help you in the fight against these pests and diseases.
0: Mm. Uh, you mentioned the pollinators. Obviously, the organic bit fits mm. very nicely with uh, the desire for sustainability in uh, in horticulture
1: now. Yes. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's obviously a big topic at the moment. Um, and there's lots of things surrounding, you know, one-use plastics, water-saving, reusing and recycling. So we were lucky enough to show at uh, the previous Gardener's World show and we were demonstrating their sort of sustainability, recycling, upcycling. And all of that is key, really, at the moment. And this garden will hopefully showcase very similar messages.
0: Mm. Now, Kitchen Potager Garden... First of all, mm. to somebody who has no idea what a potager garden is, mm-hmm. what is it?
1: It's normally associated as a vegetable garden, really. In our potager garden here, it's fruit, veg, herbs, flowers. We do the whole sort of gamut, really, purely because, as I mentioned earlier, biodiversity is key. You don't want to have a monoculture but generally, a potager garden was used, and it was used to feed the house. Really, that's what it would have been used for. So, in you know, in by bygone years, you would have a potager garden, and you would be providing the house with all the cut flowers, the fruit, and the veg.
0: Mm. I'm so glad you corrected me from my my mispronunciation there. Pot- I said potager, didn't I? And it's potager. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a French derivative, doesn't it? Potage, I suppose, coming at as French derivative. That's might might be where I it believe
1: comes it from. is French. Yeah. yeah, yes, I think it is. Yeah. Now,
0: um, design of gardens um, is is often much talked about, and you have mm. um, a brilliant idea. You've got a mud kitchen for kids to come and get involved in, and to get them engaged in it, haven't you? Tell me about that. Yeah.
1: Well, so one of the things for the brief really was that our garden is hopefully going to be interactive so people will be able to go on to the garden itself. And these shows now are becoming far more family friendly. And so we wanted something that the children would be able to do while parents are able to wander around and have a look at the other things. But also, as you say, to encourage them so that... They're not sort of dismissed when they're in the garden. You know, you can often be, and I have children myself, you can often be very precious about your plants. (laughs) But in order to teach them why you're precious about your plants, (laughs) you need to let them play, you know, whether that's giving them a pot so that they can grow some seeds from scratch or, as we're doing here, able to play in the mud, Mm. really. And get a feel for the soil, you know, and, and just get your hands in.
0: Mm. I, I know a lot of uh, young people in schools now are, are becoming engaged with the gardening piece because they can actually grow something they can eat. In my day, you used to put um, uh, cress seeds on bits yes. of cotton wool on crest the windowsill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's sort of moved on a bit from that now because a lot more young people are understanding what you're talking about, the organic piece, the sustainability piece. And they want to be much more engaged with, uh, with the food that they eat.
1: Yeah, and schools are a really key part of that, really. You know, if you can get them involved young, then hopefully they will then carry that through right throughout their life and pass that on to the next generation. And there are lots of quick wins, you know. I think it's important with children to get them to grow things that they can see, not instantaneously, obviously, but within a few weeks you know it it's there's nothing worse than planting something and then having to wait and wait and wait <laughs> for children so you know things like salad crops and radish are pretty quick and they can see the results straight away and then obviously there's always things like sunflower competitions children absolutely love that and it's it's really great to get them involved with flowers as well as veg you know so that they can understand the relationship between the two as well
0: yeah very, very important. I agree. It's an instant gratification thing, isn't it? They're so used to getting something immediately online on a, on a you know a gaming station or, or a mobile phone. Yet when they have to garden something, they have to sit and wait, don't they? Maybe that anticipation yeah. is a good thing.
1: Yeah, patience is a virtue, definitely
0: in gardening. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now you've already um, mentioned the heritage seed issue, and Audley yeah. End is a heritage seed yeah. guardian for Garden Organic. Yeah. What does that mean?
1: So, really, they're helping preserve seed. So, they will be growing certain varieties for the Heritage Seed Library, allowing those varieties to then go to, grow, uh, go to seed. And then they will be sending those to the Heritage Seed Library, where they will be preserved here and then grown on in future years. So, it's important that we don't lose that history, really. Mm. That's
0: are, are there some the really yeah Are there some really unusual things in that library?
1: Yes, there are. So often they have unusual stories or there'll be unusual uh, colours. So there's one uh, carrot called St. John's Purple, which is purple, you know, which is lovely. We've just grown a pea, blue pea, which again is like a a beautiful purpley colour. There's um, a bean that's a Cherokee, I think it's Cherokee Trail of Tears, if I've got the full name. Well, lovely name. (laughs) Yeah, that that was predominantly used by the Cherokee people and they would save the seed and dry it out. So there's lots of different things. We will be showcasing um, things like pumpkins, courgettes, squashes, sweet corn. So there's a vast array in that library really to mm. choose from. Mm.
0: What are your key tips, Emma, for people who um, want to create their own kitchen garden at home uh, this year?
1: I think it's best to start small, really. I think sometimes people are uh, over-ambitious and then that puts them off. Mm. So uh, start with the things as well that you want to grow. So there's nothing worse than growing courgettes when actually you're not that keen on them and you'll have a glut of something and then you don't know what <laughs> to do with it and you're thinking, oh my God, why have I grown these? And don't grow things that you you haven't got the conditions for. So... For example, don't try and grow a tomato that needs a glass house if you don't have a glass house. So do do your research, talk to the family, see what things you would like to eat and then just give it a go. But don't, don't be frightened to try it. It's not difficult and everybody has failures. You know, the most experienced gardener has failures because... You can't predict the weather for a start. That's one of the most, um, you know, the most difficult things to work with is the weather. So don't be put off if something doesn't, you know, doesn't come. Mm. But always pick good quality organic seed. If you're growing in pots, make sure you have peat-free organic compost. And if you're growing in the ground, always do soil preparation. So those are sort of my top top mm. tips, I suppose. <laughs> you, you
0: mentioned even the experts getting it wrong, and there are plenty of experts to talk to at the show, um, aren't there? Including yeah. Adam Frost and Joe Swift and uh, and Eric Anderson. I think it is going to be there, and that's yes, an important is, yeah. an important part for visitors, isn't it? To come and talk to people like you and get that information firsthand, because everybody's got a different issue that they want to overcome.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, even when we're doing tours here at Garden Organic, people are coming a lot of the time to discuss their problems or issues or how do you grow this and it's really key that those experts are around and available, you know, that you're front and centre so that you can answer those queries for them and give them the confidence to go away and do something. Um sometimes as well, we've shown a garden previously where our beans were starting to go to seed. And I remember a lady coming up to me and saying, oh, great, mine look like that. And I'm saying, well, yeah, because we're going to keep the seed, you know. So sometimes people don't realize why something's dying off. And mm. so it's crucial to try and give them as much information as possible, really. Mm. And the other thing is people like to chat. <laughs> they like to <laughs> chat and they like to chat about their own gardens, which is always great to listen to, really, because everybody has their own experiences,
0: you're never short of a conversation with a gardener, are you? No, but I don't think so. <laughs> now, just going back to the uh, to the show itself. Um, I mean, the, there are lots of things to see. There's the beautiful borders. We've got the plant expert tours there. Um, obviously, your um, potager, as I know it's called, garden. Um, but plant shopping is a big thing for people and I'm assuming that you know they'll also maybe be be able to get some of those uh, heritage seeds and and start growing them for themselves
1: yes if you want to have the heritage seeds you need to become a member so you need to become a member of garden organic and then a member of the heritage seed library mm. but I'm sure whilst we're there we will have samples mm. on the stand so mm. that people can give it a go firsthand and learn some more about that and take it away hopefully.
0: (laughs) Will you be plant shopping while you're there?
1: Well my garden is so full (laughs) but normally I see something and then think oh I can't resist (laughs) and do end up buying something so yes I expect so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the entrance to the Autumn Fair also includes access to the fabulous gardens and the grounds at Audley Mm. End Um, and there's a great display of plants and flowers and a lot of varieties there aren't there for people to come and have a look Mm. at
1: yes it's a beautiful place even if you know just to look around those gardens is a it's a bonus really in the in the cost of the price i think
0: Mm, absolutely um what is your favorite part about autumn and have you got a favorite autumn plant or vegetable or, or or something that you want to grow and get involved with in the autumn
1: What's my favourite part? Gosh, that's a hard question. I suppose I love when the leaves are starting to turn. I like the fact that the colours are changing all the time. I love the um, coneflowers, particularly such as things like heleniums, because they're flowering right through to the autumn. So, yeah, I just enjoy that. I just enjoy that change in the feel of the garden as well. Mm. And also it's a great time to be able to start reflecting on things that have done well, where you have gaps you know what you want to do for next year really mm. and obviously, you've got the veg such as the pumpkins they always i mean I find them <laughs> fascinating really, and the bigger the bigger we can <laughs> get them, the
0: better <laughs> absolutely. BBC Gardeners World Autumn Fair is at Audley End House and Gardens near Saffron Walden from Friday the 2nd of September until Sunday the 4th. It's going to be a great uh, show. Emma, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you. I know You've got plenty to do before before getting to the show. Um, But where can people get more information and, importantly, of course, book tickets?
1: So on the website BBC Gardeners World Fair...
0: Excellent. And we should point out that there is a special rate for English Heritage members as well, so uh, an extra incentive for them to join you. Emma, a real pleasure to catch up with you. Enjoy the show, but for now, many thanks.